So far, most of Anxious to Talk About It has been about examining the role of emotions in the stories we tell about race and racism. And it's been mostly theoretical so far. But this week, we heard two particular stories, both told by black men about their experiences with the criminal justice system. The first one was Jarvis Johnson. Johnson is a state legislator in Texas who Helsell met while doing a storytelling project. And Johnson's particular story is about a time he was pulled over for speeding. So let's just pause here and think about a time when you've been pulled over for speeding or something similar. The last time I was pulled over for speeding was about 10 years ago while I was driving to college. And it was fine. I was going 12 or 15 over the speed limit. The officer swung around and pulled me over. And to be honest, I don't even remember if I got a ticket or I just got let off with a warning. The whole experience left very little impression on me outside of not wanting to get pulled over again and pay a ticket. Johnson's story is different. Johnson was driving at night when he saw sirens behind him, so he pulled into a gas station with floodlights so that the officer could see better. And when the officer got out of the car, he took two steps and pulled his gun out and stuck it in Johnson's face and told him to get out of the car. Reflecting back on the experience, Johnson said that I was nervous. And he was nervous in part because he didn't know what to do, because the officers kept giving him conflicting information, conflicting demands. And when Johnson tried to follow the commands that didn't really make sense, like put your hands on the car when your back is up against the car, the officer thought he wasn't taking him seriously. So they handcuffed him and patted him down and put him in the back of a squad car. And eventually, there were nine officers on the scene searching his car. And after half an hour in the back of the squad car, the officers let him go with a speeding ticket. After having pulled a gun on him, handcuffing him, patting him down, searching his car, and putting him in the back of a squad car. So let's pause here and think about the emotions that go through that story. One that Johnson talks about is the feeling of nervousness, and it's easy to understand why he felt nervous. He was nervous because the officer pulled the gun on him so quickly, and the instructions that he was given weren't particularly clear. Johnson also says that he was humiliated by the experience. And by the end of the encounter, if you remember, one of the officers refers to Johnson as dude. And when Johnson asked him to be called by his name, Another officer got ready to draw his gun and told Johnson he needed to calm down. And finally, Johnson says that he felt scared, that it was the first time he'd been scared for his life. One other thing Johnson mentions is that he grew up in the Fifth Ward of Houston, which is a high crime area. But Johnson has no criminal history, has never been incarcerated. And even so, he's had a gun pulled on him three times. And every time, it's been during an encounter with law enforcement. The second story Helsell tells is about a man named Gwen. Helsell met him at a similar event. He's a black man in his late 30s who spent time in prison for selling drugs. By the time he was 30, he'd been in prison three separate times. The third time was a 15-year sentence, of which he served nine years. And as Gwen admits, he wasn't innocent. He was selling drugs and breaking the law, 
But what Gawain found in prison was that people were actually making money off of his being there. According to the sentencing project, of the U.S. prison population, about 1 in 12 people are currently incarcerated in a private prison. That's over a $3 billion a year industry. And because these are private prisons that are for-profit, the incentives are often aligned in kind of perverse ways. They're meant to maximize profit instead of providing a public service. So Johnson and Gawain are two different stories, but they're actually two sides of the same story. Part of Johnson's fear when he was pulled over is that he would end up in a situation like Gawain. Gawain has served his time, but in many states, felons like him have lost the right to vote. They're not eligible for affordable housing or SNAP assistance, and finding work can be a major barrier. And as Halsell notes, part of the problem with the system is that it isn't enforced equally. We know that people of color are vastly more likely to be stopped by police, arrested, and jailed compared to whites. As The Economist noted in a recent issue, a black boy born in the year 2001 has a 1 in 3 chance of being incarcerated in his lifetime, 33%. For a white boy born in the same year, the chance is 1 in 17 And you might expect that crime rates would be higher at low-income levels, but the same study found that a white boy from the bottom third of the income scale has the same likelihood of being incarcerated as a black boy from the top 1% of the income scale. The result, as Halsell notes, is one where people have vastly different experiences of law enforcement in the legal system. For many white Americans, police are a kind of benevolent presence that you don't have to deal with unless you're speeding. But for many people of color, especially black men, interactions with law enforcement are marked by fear. As Johnson says, he's scared of police officers. That's both because of the knowledge of interactions like George Floyd and Philando Castile and Eric Garner, who were all killed by police officers, But it's also because of the knowledge that a bad interaction, an interaction that goes awry in some way, can start a downward cycle that's very difficult to get out of. Johnson and Gawain have very different situations in life. One is a state legislator in a high-profile position, and one is a felon trying to get a degree. But the difference between the two, as Johnson could have told you on that night he was pulled over, really isn't that big. That's it for this week. Next week, we're going to be talking about gratitude. So we're going to take some of what we've done so far and put a more theological lens on it. 